You're listening to When Love Shows Up, weekly reflections on God's presence. I'm Philip Duvall, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for joining us. In November of 1984, my parents threw an election night party. I still remember the little elephants on the cocktail napkins. I was five years old and understood absolutely nothing about politics, but I knew that Ronald Reagan was president and that he was about to be for four more years, and that this was both inevitable and very good. It is odd now to think of the outcome of a presidential election being a foregone conclusion, but it was. In 1984, Reagan carried all but one state and the District of Columbia in what is still the largest electoral landslide in modern history. Moments like this implanted within me not only a strong political identity, but also a sense of clarity and certainty. My family's guy was the good guy. He led the right team. He would win, obviously and convincingly, and we would celebrate. When my dad came out of the closet as gay in 1992, he remained a Republican, as he would until his death in 2006. When questioned over the years about his political loyalty, he would point out, correctly, that neither major party had at the time a pro-gay platform, that it was Democrat Bill Clinton who signed into law the Defense of Marriage Act and Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, and that since he wasn't going to get any real recognition from either party, he might as well vote for the candidate that best represented his other beliefs. His gay friends, in particular, were not persuaded by this argument. And for what it was worth, neither was I. I was not interested in that kind of complexity or compromise. I have always been a more difficult and idealistic person than he was. So I was excited in high school when my likewise contrarian older brother introduced me to libertarianism. As an idealistic teenager, being libertarian was a fun way to rebel against my socially conservative Christian Republican upbringing without actually joining the other team. And they were pro-gay rights, which had begun to matter to me for obvious reasons. They also shook many of my other previously held beliefs. They were anti-death penalty, anti-war, and they were for the legalization of drugs and sex work. Being libertarian was important to me, like being a Republican had been, because I liked being part of something, and I liked the sense of identity it gave me. It was also symbolic, because it marked the first time in my life where I was really willing to change my mind about a previously held political belief. I don't identify as libertarian anymore, and I'll talk more about that later, but first I want to acknowledge a gift that that time in my life gave me. Prior to becoming libertarian, I thought there were Republicans and Democrats, good guys and bad guys, and that was it. 
As many of us were taught growing up, I had implicitly believed in the simple dualism of us versus them. As I began to realize I didn't quite fit in with us, a great anxiety emerged. Being introduced to a third way dissipated that anxiety and expanded possibilities for me. Perhaps that sounds immature, but I was immature. A literal, I was a literal child. And though I do not subscribe to all the same beliefs today, I am grateful for having that time as a way of helping me break free from the false dichotomy in which I was raised. It is not lost on me, by the way, that talking about all this leaves me open for judgment. That's why I don't talk much about it, and certainly haven't spoken this publicly before. We continue to be guided by an us-versus-them mentality, and by telling you what my political allegiances have been, I'm giving you more of a chance to claim me as one of us or to label me as one of them. And it turns out that when I said I'm neither Republican nor Democrat, I accidentally began to subscribe to a new dualism. Those who buy into the two-party system and those who don't. Us and them. There's always a way to make someone a them. And there's always a way to think I'm one of the good guys. So what am I now? I know that's where this conversation leads. I am, well, I am politically active and engaged. I am paying attention. I haven't given up or thrown in the towel. I am not able to call myself a Democrat, but that is not meant as a slight to Democrats. I will vote for them sometimes. I will agree with the party platform sometimes. That alone is a world away from where I once was. But I don't feel like I'm a Democrat. Progressive is a very catchy term right now, and some of my friends have accused me of being, being one of them because of my outspoken advocacy for LGBTQ plus people and for racial justice, but that term does not resonate with me either. There are many ways in which I don't feel aligned with a progressive ideology. My more progressive friends call me a moderate, an institutionalist. <laughs> one of them called me an incrementalist. Can't tell if that was an insult or a compliment. I don't know. I feel like a conservative, liberal, radical, moderate, progressive libertarian. You might think to hear this that I enjoy saying I don't know where I belong. But I don't enjoy it at all. What I do know is that I no longer feel a sense of loyalty to a specific political party, ideology, or identity, like I did for so long. This is relatively new for me, and I have been struggling with it a lot the last few years. But just in the last couple months, I have been helped tremendously by something my friend Herschel Wade asked me. Herschel is a new priest at Redeemer. He is our associate for discipleship, and he fits into that role well because, above all, 
He is a disciple of Jesus. He takes discipleship, his own and all of ours, very seriously. I was bemoaning this political identity struggle to him recently, and he cut through all my spiritual meandering, looked me dead in the eye, and asked simply, but don't you think you're more than that? I confess I did not know what he meant. So I asked him, and he continued, Don't you think God has made you something more than just a member of a party or ideology? That you limit what God is doing within you when you hold tightly to that? Oh. You may have noticed this whole time I have not talked about God. I have talked about myself, about my politics and my ideology and my identity, but not about God. And here I am, a Christian. And yes, of course, when it comes to dualism and us versus them, Christians can be some of the worst offenders. No question about it. It's awful and infuriating, and it's very possible I'm part of the problem. But I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Which Herschel knew and was reminding me of because he believes in Jesus too. And together, we believe that Jesus reminds us of our primary identity, beloved child of God. That's what every one of us is before we're anything else. Every single person. What's more, those of us who find ourselves believing in Jesus have an allegiance that is meant to transcend party, patriotism, ideology, class, or gender. That means I'm free to be a Republican or a Democrat or whatever else when being that is compatible with following Jesus. And when it is not compatible, I have to choose Jesus. To choose Jesus is to seek and serve Christ in every person I meet, to respect the dignity of every human being, and to seek love, peace, and justice for all whatever it costs me. You'll notice this kind of following Jesus does not allow us to opt out of the political process or to give in to cynicism. It's also worth noting that Jesus was willing to die for his belief in the belonging of every single person. Not to kill for it. To die for it. The loyalty we feel to these identities, these ideologies, these parties, even to this country, as Herschel said, don't we think God has made us more than that? This has been When Love Shows Up, a podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer. 
From Cincinnati, Ohio, the queen of the Midwest, the crown jewel of the Buckeye State, this is Philip Duvall. Remember, you are blessed, and you are a blessing. Thank you for listening. Hey friends, just wanted to remind you that this podcast is free and will always be free to you. However, it is not free to produce. So (laughs) if you like what you hear, I'd like you to consider making a donation to Church of the Redeemer. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you.